Welcome to Tardi Mecha Nachyomi with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Adina Schmidman, and today we will be studying Sefer Ovadia, Perak Aleph. Sefer Ovadia consists of only one Perak, 21 Psukim, the shortest book in Tanakh. Sefer Ovadia is also read as the Haftorah of Parshas Vayishlach. As we read Ovadia, we need to have two images in our minds, that of the nation Edom, our physical neighbor and ancestral brother, as well as that of the mighty Roman Empire. The Sefer begins by describing Edom as being secure in its position. However, Hashem sees the world differently. As a result of their sins against the Jewish nation, Edom will be attacked by other nations and fall dramatically. Hashem will remain the ultimate power. But before we begin this Sefer, it is important to know who is Ovadia. According to Rav Sajagon, he was an officer of King Yehoshaphat who taught Torah in the southern Jewish kingdom of Yehuda, as mentioned in Divrei Hayamim Beis Yud Zion Zion, 17.7. The sages of the Gemara, Mesecha Sanhedrin, Amud Lamed Tes, 39b, however, believe that Sefer Ovadia was written by Ovadia, who served in the court of King Ahav and who was described in Malachim Aleph, 18.3, as God-fearing. He lived in the northern kingdom of Israel. At great risk to himself, Ovadia sustained a hundred Nevi'im, a hundred prophets in two caves, following Yaakov Avinu's example of dividing his family into two camps to assure their survival. He paid for all their food and oil for light with his own resources. Ovadia provides us with insight into the nature of the individual in relation to the influencers in one's life. There is a tension between a person's own individuality and the power of the people around him. How does one exert oneself when faced with the pressures of the crowd? In a famous psychological study conducted by Solomon Ash in 1951, he found that when asked to identify the longest line in a drawing of three lines, individuals' responses were dependent on others in the group, even if the answer was clearly wrong. Going against the group creates a tension that people want to avoid. Hence, better to give the wrong answer than to stand out as the sole voice of reason. When the individuals were questioned alone, they were wrong 1% of the time, but when in a group, the error rate was a whopping 33% of the time. Ash found his results to be disturbing, that the power of conformity could be so strong even when the correct answer was so clear. In an effort to explore the issue more deeply, he changed the experiment ever so slightly. In a follow-up experiment, he added a confederate to see if having another counter-voice would embolden the individual to answer correctly. The results affirmed his hypothesis. When a person feels supported in his or her decision and not facing a crowd alone, making the right decision is easier. Other studies explored the ambiguity of the, quote, right choice and how it compounds the individual's inability to stand up to the group. So what happens if you're alone? And what happens if the answer is not so clear? How did Ovadia find the strength to remain steadfast when challenged by the murderous Ahav and Izevel? To strengthen the question, Ovadia was a ger, a convert from Edom, a nation known for its evil deeds. The answer lies in the question, what if you are alone? But is man ever alone? If one believes that Hashem is ever-present to support and uphold, man is never alone. Knowing that one always has a partner protects a person from crime and misdeeds and affirms one's core knowledge of right and wrong. Hashem provides support, 
The Torah provides clarity, strengthening a person to voice what he or she knows to be right and stand up against conformity. The name Ovadia is a combination of Eved, servant, and Ka, Hashem, suggesting that Ovadia was a servant of Hashem. A servant is always aware of his or her master, dependent on the master for support. This constant awareness of Hashem provided Ovadia with the internal fortitude to do what was right, even if it was unpopular, and put his own life at risk. Ovadia reminds us to always recognize that Hashem is ever-present. That knowledge should give us the conviction to stand up for what is right, even in the face of opposition. We are privy to Ovadia's personal legacy as we meet his family later in Sefer Malachim Bez. Ovadia's riches dwindled, and he died penniless. His widow went to Alicia to save her from the debt collectors. Alicia advised her to pour the remaining oil she had into any vessel she could find. Miraculously, the oil flowed and flowed, and she was able to pay off her debts and live off the generated funds. Because Ovadia was steadfast in his faith, despite his exposure to Ahav and Izevel, he was the one, the Gemara says, who was chosen to deliver the message to Esav's descendants, Esav who did not learn from the positive role models Yitzchak and Rivka. The Gemara uses a metaphor to explain why Ovadia was specifically chosen to share these messages. The handle of the axe used to chop the trees of the forest comes from the forest itself, meaning that the one who prophesied about the downfall of Edom himself came from Edom. Ovadia was not an outsider. He knew the shortcomings of his birth nation and could speak directly to their failings and sins. Ovadia predicts the downfall of Edom as a punishment for their sins against the Jewish nation, and he envisions a time of redemption for the Jews. He predicts that the nations of the world will proclaim war against Edom. And because of Edom's arrogance, it will eventually suffer humiliation, as Hashem will humble Edom. The Navi opens with these words, Chazon Ovadia Koamar Hashem Elokim Edom, Shmua Shamanu Me'es Hashem, V'tzir Bagayim Shulach, Kumu V'nakuma Aleha L'milchama. The vision of Ovadia. This is what Hashem says to Edom. We heard a report from Hashem and a message was sent among the nations. Arise, let us rise up in war against her. The nations are setting out to attack Edom. But do they believe that they are going to be attacked? Pasuk Gimel 3. Zidon libcha hisiecha. Your heart's arrogance has deluded you. Shochnei bechagvei sela merom shivto, dwelling in your mountain caves in your lofty abode. Omer belibo, saying in his heart, Mi yoridaini, aretz. Who could bring me to the ground? Edom does not believe that it will be attacked. This Pasuk is referenced in our daily davening in Shemun Esrei, in the bracha referred to as Birkas Haminim or Valam Alshinim. The bracha borrows from the language of Ovadia. According to the Gemara Brachos, Dav Chav Ches Amad Beis 28b, shortly after the destruction of the second Beis Hamidosh, a bracha was inserted into Shmona Esrei as a condemnation and reaction to heretical Jewish sects. They tried to lead Jews astray through example and persuasion. While the bracha has undergone changes over time, one feature that remains is the closing phrase of the bracha, Machnia Zedim, who subdues the insolent. According to Dr. Moshe Sakalel, the word Zedim connects us to the phrase in Ovadia, Zedon Libcha Hesiecha, your heart's arrogance has deluded you. The words of Ovadia in the text of this bracha allude to those from Edom who attempt to shake our faith. We daven that Hashem stave off those who threaten us and our spirituality. 
We continue with Pasuk Dalid 4. Im tagbi'a kanesher ve'im ben kochavim simkinecha misham oritcha ne'um Hashem. Even if you rise as high as an eagle, even if you build your nest among stars, from there I will bring you down, says Hashem. This Pasuk serves as a foil to the message to the Jewish nation in Devarim, that Hashem will seek us out in the highest places and bring us back to Him. Even if your outcasts are at the end of the world, from there Hashem, your God, will gather you, from there He will fetch you. The message is that Hashem will find you, whether it be in this case with Edom for divine retribution or in the case of the Jewish nation for divine love and reward. Eventually, Edom's enemies will deceive her, plunder her, and rob her. Edom will be trapped into going to war, which it will lose. Edom's land will become desolate because she opposed Yaakov. Edom mistreats its brother nation, Yisrael. The fact that Edom will be completely destroyed and its enemies will pillage the land, leaving nothing of worth, according to the Alshech, indicates that Edom's defeat is divinely ordained. Pasuk Tess 9. V'chatu giborecha teiman, l'man yikareis ish mehar esav mikatel. Teiman, your mighty warriors will be shaken so that every last man of Mount Esav would be killed. Due to Edom's sins, its ultimate punishment will be retribution. Edom will be repaid measure for measure for tormenting Yisrael. Pasuk Yud Beis 12. Ba'al teri biyom achicha biyom nachro, ba'al tismach levnei Yehuda biyom avdam, ba'al tagdel picha biyom tzara. Do not gawk at your brother on the day of his tragedy. Do not gloat over the Jewish people on the day of their disaster. And do not crow on the day of their calamity. According to the Alshech, the day of affliction is an allusion to the ninth of Av. Josephus reports, according to Metudas David, that on the day Yerushalayim fell, the inhabitants of Edom came to participate in the looting. Hashem will take revenge and repay their sins, not just Edom, but all the nations who have exacted evil against the Jewish people. Pasuk Tesva 15. Ki karov yom Hashem al kol hagayim kasher asisa yeyaselach gemucha yeshuv beroshecha. For the day of Hashem for all the nations is impending. Whatever you did will be done to you. Your repayment will come back upon your head. Finally, the Jewish nation will be redeemed. Ovadia speaks of the nation of Israel's survival and future conquests. Israel's exiles will return and its future borders will be restored. Pasuk Yudzayin 17. Uvahar Tzion Tiepleta Vahayakodesh Vayarshu Beis Yaakov Esmorashehem. But in Sion there will be refuge, and it will be holy. The house of Yaakov will occupy its occupiers. Ovadia draws his prophecy to a close with a graphic verse, describing the ultimate downfall of this once mighty nation. Pasuk Yuches 18. V'haya beis Yaakov esh uveis Yosef lehava uveis Esav lekash. And the house of Yaakov shall become a fire, and the house of Yosef as a flame, and the house of Esav as straw. V'dol kubahem, and they will blaze up among them, v'achalum, and consume them. V'lo yihiyeh sarid leves esav ki Hashem diber. And there shall be none remaining to the house of Esav, for Hashem has spoken. What a dramatic end to the house of Esav, to go up in flames in a divine conflagration. But what sparks this fire? It is the house of Yosef that lights the tinder. Why the shavit of Yosef? Why is that shavit singled out as a spark that triggers the blaze? 
Rav Shamshan Rafal Hirsch observes that in Tanakh, the house of Yosef, including Ephraim, almost always refers to those among the Jewish people who have sought to estrange themselves from the Torah and be acculturated among the nations of the world. It is this group, says Rav Hirsch, that will kindle the ultimate fire of justice. How could this be, that these Jews who have distanced themselves will be the flame for the fire? Retaining the Jewish spark in a secular world is a remarkable accomplishment. There are many people today whose Judaism is a source of pride and strength, despite the internal push and external pull to be absorbed into the surrounding culture. This genuine embrace of our heritage is inspirational, seeing how a person can retain the sense of being a pintaliyid, holding on to the holy spark of Yiddishkeit. All it takes is a spark to start a fire. It's this fire that will light Hashem's justice. The Navi continues with Pasuk Chaf 20. This exile that begins now for Bnei Israel who are merchants up to Tsarfas, and the exile of Yerushalayim that is in Svarad will possess the cities of the Negev. The Jewish people from the lands of Tsarfas and Svarad France and Spain, according to Rashi and Eben Ezra, will come back to reclaim their land, including the territories of the Negev that had been disputed by Edom. It's quite powerful to hear names of countries we are familiar with in the prophecy of Ovadia. In Chumash, in Parshas Vayishlach, when Yaakov departs from his brother Esav, he leaves saying that we will meet again. Until I come to my Lord in Seir. The Medrash and Bereshus Rabbah says that when Yaakov told Esav that he would meet him in Seir, he was referring to the Nevuah of Ovadia as shared in Pasuk Chaf Aleph 21, a vision from the end of days. Va'alu Moshiim Bahart Sion Lishpot Es Har Esav Vaisal LaHashem Hamlucha. The saviors of Mount Sion will go up to judge Mount Esav, and then the kingdom will be Hashem's. The saviors, Mashiach and his ministers, will go to Edom to wreak judgment and punish them for their role in Jewish history. Edom's all-consuming desire for triumph and power will have been quashed and extinguished. We read this verse daily at the end of Az Yashir as part of a collection of verses highlighting Hashem's reign forever. This Pasuk underscores the message at the end of Az Yashir, Hashem Yimloch Leolam Va'ed. Neither the nation of Edom nor any other nation will compete with Hashem for the rulership and dominion, for the kingdom will be Hashem's. Vahisa Hashem Hamlucha. Ovadia, a convert from Edom, shares his message to the Jewish people that Hashem's nation will triumph while Edom will ultimately fail. His words are all the more powerful as he demonstrates his allegiance to Hashem through sacrifice and dedication. Standing alone, not influenced by evil, not by his birth nation or those who surround him, Ovadia provides hope and light in the darkness of Galus Edom. Thank you for studying together Le'ilui Nishmas Riva Schwab, Rivka Bas Alexander Sender.